away. Tonight, go to Romans chapter one, and I'm going to read just. I'm going to start out reading. I'm start reading just one verse to you, and very well-known passage of scripture. And I want to show show you. There's a, a, a phrase that we see in here, and we see it several times mentioned in the Bible. And we're going to kind of look at most of those places in the Bible where we see this. But it says in Romans chapter one, verse sixteen, it says, "For I am not ashamed of the gospel." Of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Okay, now we hear a lot of people today, they talk about not being ashamed to be a Christian. I, I think I mentioned some of this a while back. You know, there are these people that go around, you know, wearing t shirts, I am not ashamed, uh, openly Christian, and they will do these things and they act like they're being proud to be a Christian because they, you know, wear a cross, they do something like that. It's like they're not ashamed to be identified with Christians. And you know what? They're, we should not be ashamed to be a Christian. We should not be ashamed to be identified with Christ. But you understand that's not what this passage here is talking about. You know, they'll say, I am not ashamed. You see that phrase in there. They just made that movie a while back. I am not ashamed. And it's basically... Uh, that that at, or that statement has come to mean you know I'm not embarrassed by the fact that I'm a Christian in a world where Christians are being liked less and less. But do you understand that when Paul's saying I am not ashamed, all the places in the Bible where he says I'm not ashamed, he's not talking about not being ashamed of being a Christian in a world that hates Christians, like about being embarrassed. Okay, uh, for many people today. You know, they are, they're embarrassed. They are afraid of somebody seeing them, seeing how they're dressed and thinking, are they a Christian? I mean, there are girls, there are young ladies, they are terrified of what will happen. What am I going to say if somebody comes up to me and asks if I'm a Christian? They're embarrassed by that. And can I tell you that that, you know, you, if you're embarrassed by that, you know, I, th- th- this message is not necessarily for you, okay? You need a, I mean, a kindergarten, preschool level, you know, Christian message there. I mean, if, if just looking like a Christian embarrasses you, if people knowing you're a Christian embarrasses you, boy, you've got a lot to learn. You are just getting started, okay? And when we, the Bible says, I, or when Paul said, I'm not ashamed, okay? He's, his, what he wasn't ashamed of, all right, his, uh, lack of shame, it's at a completely different level than what a lot of people are talking about when they say, I am not ashamed. You got these trendies that are out there. You know, they'll, you know, they'll wear the openly Christian t-shirts. You know, they will wear a t-shirt, you know, with their church's name on it and with a Bible verse on it and think that that's them boldly being a Christian. But that is not what we see in the Bible. And so we do. We hear people talk about this. And you know, it's almost like they're copying the gay pride movement. Because when you have to go around wearing a t-shirt saying, proud to be a Christian, openly Christian, you know, you're, you're basically copying off the gay pride movement. Okay? In the gay pride movement, there was a time when people were ashamed to be that way. And finally, people got together and said, you know what? You know, we need to stop being ashamed of this. You know, we should just be open about it and be proud of it. And they did. They came out and started saying they're proud. But here's the thing. They should have been embarrassed by it. They should have been ashamed of it. We should not be ashamed to be a Christian. There is no embarrassment in that. And really, when you have to go around, 
saying, you know, openly Christian, you know, Christian pride or whatever, you're basically saying that this is seen as a shameful thing. And there is nothing shameful about being a Christian. You know, if you, if you dress like a Christian, you, you should be ashamed to not dress like a Christian. I mean, do you see the way this world dresses, the things that people wear? I mean, they, they're the ones that should be embarrassed. Why is it that Christians are so embarrassed and so scared of looking decent? You know, my wife all the time, she has people, you know, ask her why she dresses the way she dresses. And she'll usually explain it's because she's a Christian. And I always tell her, why do you even tell them it's because you're a Christian? Why don't you just say it's because you're a woman? Why don't you just say it's because you don't cross-dress? I mean, because isn't that the real reason, you know, ladies, you know, we teach you should dress different than men because, you know, a man shall not wear, put on a woman's garment. What's that verse? Thou shalt, uh, man shall not wear that which pertaineth unto woman. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment for all that do so are an abomination. Why don't you just say, I'm trying to look like a lady. You know, I mean, that's the real reason. Okay, it's okay to dress like a, you know, a Christian too, but you know what? Even lost people, Okay, even with lost people, women should dress like women and men should dress like men. And so I do it. Just next time somebody asks this, they just say, I don't believe in cross-dressing. You know, and, and oh, you know, that gives the wrong impression. But, but that's actually the truth. That's, that's the real reason. And, but anyway, but the Bible does. It talks about not being ashamed, but it's never referring to the things that people are always talking about today when they say that they're not ashamed. You know, nowhere in the Bible does it talk about not being ashamed of looking like a Christian, acting like a Christian. Nowhere in the Bible does it, you know, talk about not being ashamed of our morals that we have. It doesn't talk about that anywhere. And in fact, when we look at the passages in the Bible where it talks about not being ashamed, you're going to find out it's the very thing that Christians are ashamed of today. Most of these people that go around wearing the proud to be Christian shirts or openly Christian shirts, these people, if you find out what their doctrine is, find out what they teach and how they live, you'll find out that they are ashamed. And one example, the one we just looked at in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, you know, he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God into salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. What's he talking about here? Well, the thing, we don't have time to read the whole chapter, but what he's talking about here is many people looked at the gospel as foolishness. To the Jews, they would look at it and they're like, you know, this is, you know, this is ridiculous. This is, you know, there's no works involved. You know, the Greeks, they looked at it as foolishness. There was nothing intellectual about it. You don't have to be intellectually superior to understand the gospel. You don't have to be better than other people to get saved. You have to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? Many people are embarrassed by that. No, 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 no. That's, that's way too easy. That's way too simple. And we've got Christians today that are going around, they're complicating the gospel. They're making it difficult. They're adding works to salvation. They're telling you, you got to do these works. You got to, you know, quit doing this. You got to start doing that instead of just believing the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's just way too simple. That's way too easy. How can, how are we supposed to be proud of who we are when we don't hardly have to do anything to be who we are? You know, how, how are you proud of who you are when it's Jesus that does it all for you? And they're ashamed of that. But the truth is, we understand that, you know what, we are nothing. We can't save ourselves. We can't be good enough. And the Lord, it was His will that those who would believe 
would be saved. That was his will. That was his desire. And the thing, and Paul said, I'm not ashamed of this. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because this is the power of God. This is what saves people. It saves the Jews who don't like what we're teaching. It saves the Greeks who don't like what we're teaching. Everybody that's out there, this gospel message that Paul preached would save anyone and he wasn't embarrassed by that. People would look at it, they would laugh, they would mock it, they would say it's not going to work, they would say, you know, this is, you know, y'all are simple, y'all are ignorant, but he said, you know what, I don't care, this is the truth, and I'm not ashamed of it. And you know what, I, I, you're, you're never going to find me, if you do find me doing this, fire me, complicating the gospel, complicating salvation, making it harder than it's supposed to be, adding things to it. Because I'm embarrassed, because I want to impress other people, because I want to show other religions how we're better than them, or maybe I just want to—I want to, you know, keep all my Baptist brethren happy that have decided they're going to complicate it in their own little way. You know, I, I'm not going to do that, and I'm not ashamed of that, because what we teach here is going to get people saved. It's going to get people to heaven. What these other places are teaching are going to get them thrown into hell, and so. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of what I did to get saved. Does anybody know what today is? Today is April 30th. Anybody know what that day is? Well, that just happens to be my spiritual birthday. Today is my spiritual birthday. I am 31 years old in the faith today. I got saved 31 years ago. My testimony is nothing. I will never get invited to speak anywhere because of my testimony of salvation. I was five years old. I grew up in a preacher's home. I was taught the Scriptures as a little child. But you know what? One night, it was a Wednesday night, I was laying there in bed and I remember feeling the Holy Spirit speak to my heart and tell me you need to get saved. And I remember calling for my parents and they came and they went through the Scriptures with me. And I believed it. And I called on the Lord for salvation. It was that simple. You know what? I've been saved ever since. I've been saved ever since. That's all you did to get saved. That's all I needed to do to get saved. I came as a little child, just like Jesus said. I believed it. I don't even, I don't remember having any doubts about it. I, I believed it. I had no reason not to believe it. It was true. You know, thankfully, my parents taught me the truth. They showed me what the Bible says. And I, I prayed right there, knelt beside my bed, and I asked, God to forgive me of my sins and to come into my heart and save me. And He saved me. That simple. You know, it would be a lot more enjoyable if I could tell you about all the horrible things I used to be doing. And, I, you know, I was a drunk and I was a drug addict and I was a murderer. And, I, you know, I, I did all these terrible things. And then, you know, one day, you know, I almost got killed. You know, I, you know I, I don't have a real dramatic story for you, folks. And those people who have those dramatic stories, it's like, you know, they're proud of their salvation because, you know, listen to my story. Look at how I changed. Look at what I did. You know, this is what I used to do. I quit all that stuff. Man, I quit the drink and I quit the smoke and I quit all the running around. I quit all that stuff I was doing. I left my gangs. They threatened to kill me if I did, but I did it. The Lord protected me. You know, look, I'm definitely saved. Look at how much I changed. And let me tell you, if you change like that, hallelujah. Thank the Lord. That He helped you to do that. But do you understand that change is not what saved you? It was you believing on the Lord Jesus Christ that saved you. And that's said. You might have a better story. More people are going to want to listen to what you had to say. But you know what? I'm not ashamed of my story. I'm not embarrassed. 
I will give my testimony until the day I die, and I'm not ashamed of it one bit. I am just as saved as that guy who, you know, went from a life of crime to, you know, preaching in a pulpit. You know, I, I'm just as saved as that person. And so I'm not, I'm not ashamed of that. I'm, uh, look at what it says in Romans chapter 9 and verse 30. Romans chapter 9 and verse 30. It says, What shall we say then that the Gentiles which follow not after righteousness have obtained a righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith, but Israel which followed after the law of righteousness hath not attained to the law of righteousness? Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law. For they stumbled at that stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I lay in sign a stumbling stone, a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. You see, Israel, the reason most of them did not get saved is because they thought they could get it by keeping the law. They thought they could get it by being better people, by doing good works, by earning it, by deserving it. And the Bible says they stumbled at that stumbling stone, at that rock of offense, which was Jesus Christ. He was that rock of offense. It was prophesied that it was going to be that way in Isaiah chapter... Uh, well, let's first... Romans 10, verse 11. Let's look at Romans 10, verse 11. It says, For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on Him shall not be ashamed. Y'all see that? I'm not ashamed that I believed on Jesus. Okay, well, what does that mean? Does that just mean you're not ashamed to be identified with Jesus Christ instead of Buddha or one of these other gods? Or, no, what's that saying? That's saying, I am not ashamed of the fact that my salvation is based 100% on the work of Christ and not my own. And many Christians today, they are ashamed of that because they're always adding what they did as proof that they got saved. Look at what it says in Isaiah chapter 28. Romans 10 verse 11, it's actually quoting Isaiah chapter 28. And in verse 16 it says, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation... He that believeth shall not make haste. Okay, now the wording is definitely different there, but it means the same thing. He that believeth shall not make haste, and he that believeth shall not be ashamed. Okay, what, what does that mean? Well, how many has, have you ever been stood up before? All right, you know, picture, picture that lady, uh, you know, she's maybe going to go on a date with this guy and she's supposed to meet him at this restaurant. And she shows up at the restaurant. Maybe she gets there before him. And, you know, she tells the waiter she, you know, needs a table for two. And she's sitting there at the table all by herself, you know, waiting for her date to show up. And, you know, that waiter keeps coming over. You're ready to order yet? You know, is your, uh, you know, is the other person here? And she's, you know, she starts getting anxious. She starts getting nervous. I don't, I don't know if he's going to come through. I don't know if he's going to show up. I'm going to look stupid. You know, I, I got myself all ready. I'm all excited. I got this t table at this expensive restaurant. I'm waiting for my date to show up and I don't want to pay the bill at this place. I'm going to be in trouble if I have to pay the bill at this place. And she's waiting and waiting. And what happens? She gets anxious. And then he doesn't show up. And you know what? She's ashamed. She's embarrassed. And now she's got to tell the waiter, yeah, um, I'm going to have to leave. He didn't show up. And I can't pay the bill for this place. And so she, in shame, has to leave there. Well, you realize that those of us who are depending on the work of Jesus Christ to get us into heaven, those who are relying completely on what He did on the cross as payment to get us into heaven, those of us that are waiting for Him, it's like right now that's what we're doing. 
We're sitting around. We're waiting for that day when the Lord sounds a trumpet. When the Lord calls us up to heaven. And those of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, when the trumpet sounds, we will not be ashamed. We will not be anxious or we will not make haste. We will be caught up. We will be saved. He will not stand us up. He will not forget about us. Those who have put their faith and trust in their own works when the trumpet sounds, they will make haste. They will be you know, worried. They will be ashamed because they will not go. It is coming. And I am not, I am not ashamed, folks, of how I got saved. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not, I, I will never be ashamed when he returns. I will be caught up with him. He will not stand me up. He will not leave me here waiting, looking stupid. You know, with all of you here, you know, maybe you listen to what I, you know, you, you all got saved the same way I did. Maybe you're just listening to me and then all of a sudden, you know, the trumpet sounds, everybody goes and we're still here. What's going on? I'm going to be real embarrassed then. I'm going to be hiding after that, but you know, I don't have to worry about that. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not worried about that one bit. I'm not ashamed. If I believed that works were what got you into heaven, I would be like 99% of the people that we talk to when we're out knocking doors. And if somebody asked me, what do you have to do? You know, are you 100% sure you're going to go to heaven today? I'd be like, well, I hope so. That's what I would say. If I was trusting in my works, if I was trusting in my changed life, if I was trusting in my religion, I would say, I hope so. But because my faith and trust is in Jesus Christ and in His work, I can say 100%, yeah, I know I'm going to heaven. Not by, because of my works, but because of His. But many today, they are distorting the plan of salvation because they are ashamed of the simplicity of it. That's what Paul's talking about in Romans 1.16 when he says, I am not ashamed. Okay? He was not ashamed of the fact that this was a simple message. I've told you all many times the story about the Mormons that I talked to the one day that basically trying to mock what we were presenting. You know, he took one of our gospel tracts and told me they were going to have to, you know, that they need to have me go talk to this lady. They knew she was a bad lady and they've tried to get her into the Mormon church, but it's just over her head. It's too complicated for her. And they were like, she could understand this. And it was, you know, they, they were trying to insult me. And you know what I did? I took it as a compliment. I said, well, you know what? You're absolutely right. Because guess what? The plan of salvation is simple. Even a little child could know how to get saved and put their faith and trust in Christ. And you know what? All these religions that are out there that are making it hard, making it complicated, those poor folks aren't even going to make it into heaven. And I threw it right back at them. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed of the Gospel. And But we do. we got all these intellectuals out there that do. They want to... They want to mock. They want to scoff. You know what? I'm, I'm not worried about impressing those people. I'm not ashamed. I know this works. I know what the Bible teaches about salvation. So that's what it means when he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. 
For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Alright, so right here we see that he mentions in verse 5, he says, hope maketh not ashamed. Okay? And what's he talking about there? He talks about, he's talking about tribulation. All right? we, as Christians, we go through tribulation. We deal with hard times. Christians are not immune from difficulties. We get sick like anybody else. We die like anybody else. We get cancer. We, I mean, we, have, we have bad things. We lose jobs. We have financial problems many times. Whatever you know, bad things this world has to offer, they come on Christians sometimes, and sometimes they come even worse. Sometimes the tribulation comes in the form of persecution. You know, it comes from people, and those tribulations that we have many times, we see here that they cause us to have patience, and that patience gives us experience, and that experience gives us hope. And it says, "Hope maketh not ashamed." You see, many people. They have this idea that life is all peaches and cream for the believer. Or at least life is all peaches and cream for those who are right with God. I mean, if you're, if you're going through tribulation in your life, it must be because you've done something wrong. If you're going through difficulties, you know, what did you do to get you in this situation? Kind of like Jesus' disciples when they saw the man that was born blind. They're like, who did sin? Lord, was it him or his parents that this happened? Jesus said, nobody sinned. Here, this is just life. Sometimes people are born with physical problems. We live in a sin-cursed earth. And we, there, are, there are things that happen that we can't help. And man, you know, I, I hate that attitude. People have it sometimes, you know. I mean, how would you feel? Somebody, you know, you go in church and raise your hand for a prayer request. You're in one of these churches that are like this and, and pray for me. Looks like I got cancer. And then everybody in the church just looks at you and like, well, what'd you do wrong? You know, you, you better repent. You better get right. Otherwise, you know, you're probably going to die of that cancer. Listen, sometimes we just go through tribulation. And you know what? That tribulation, it makes us better. It makes us stronger. And you know what? I have hope that one day my trials and troubles will be over. It might not even be on this earth. Okay? From everything we see in the Bible, you know... It's clear we are going to have tribulations. The Bible says all they live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And yet we see today where many Christians, when they're suffering persecution, everybody looks at them like, well, you know, they had a bad testimony. That's why the world hates them. You know, if they, if they were better Christians, you know, if they acted more like Jesus, the world would love them. Well, that's completely opposite of what the Bible teaches. I'm going to show you some verses on that in a little bit. But people do. They look at tribulation many times and they'll say, there must be something wrong with you. Look at what you're going through. But you know what? Paul said, we're not ashamed. Okay, Hope maketh not ashamed. The tribulation, what it causes in our life, it causes some good things and we have hope. And I'm not ashamed of that. Okay, if I find out tomorrow that I've got a terminal illness that's going to kill me in the next six months, you know, I'm not going to be ashamed of God. So like, you know, a lot of people, oh man, I, I can't let people know what's going on in my life because it's going to make them think bad of God. Why? Did God promise we were never going to have problems in this world if we were in His will? 
No, actually, he promised the opposite, didn't he? He promised we would have tribulation if, if we were going to be like him. He promised we were going to go through difficulties. He promised us those things. And you know what? I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of my hope. I'm not ashamed of the fact that, you know, no matter what I go through, at least I have the hope of heaven. I'm not, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of that one bit. And yet many Christians today are. It's like they constantly, they've got to like put on this front like everything is great in their life. They always got to, you know, it's like they're always got to show how, you know, the Lord's blessed and everything's wonderful. And, you know, my life is just so great and it's so exciting because it's like if they start talking about their trials and tribulations that they're going through, well, people might think that I'm not right with God. And you're right, they will think that. But you know what? That's because these people, they don't know the Bible very well. And you know what? Don't be ashamed of your tribulation. Don't be ashamed of the things you're going through. These things are producing things in you. And you have the hope that, you know what? I'm going to be rewarded for these things one day. One of these days, God's going to reward us for the trials and the tribulations that we go through. And I'm not ashamed of it. Whatever I go through, I'm not going to be ashamed of that. The Lord is going to reward me. If I, I mean, if, if I get persecuted, if people come down on me and I start getting persecuted and everyone forsakes me, everyone leaves me, my family doesn't want to have anything to do with me, you know, you all in the church, you don't want to have anything to do with me and you all leave and I'm here with an empty church, that's going to make me look bad, isn't it? That would make me look bad to the world. 99% of Christians would look at me and say, wow, you must have really done something wrong. Yeah, I guess I did. Kind of like Jesus when he preached that terrible message that made a multitude leave and he was left with only 12 disciples. Was it because that was a bad message? Was it because it wasn't truth? Listen, sometimes people forsake you. Sometimes you're going to be left all alone and that doesn't prove anything. And you know what? I have hope that as long as what I'm preaching comes from the Word of God, no matter what the circumstances are around me, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, my rewards, while I, you know, sometimes I'm like, Lord, you know, I'd like to cash in on some of these rewards early while I'm on earth. You know, I've, I've prayed that prayer before. You know what? If I don't, oh well, I'll get them when I get to heaven. I think, you know, I think if the Lord ever did let me cash in on some of my heavenly rewards, I would probably regret it when I got to heaven. Be like, oh, man, it would have been a whole lot better if I'd have waited till then. You know, if I could have received these rewards in, in front of everyone. You know, instead of you know down here where only a few people are going to know. But I'm not ashamed of my hope. Look at Second uh, Timothy chapter one. Say, I said I don't like said all these. There's so many people out there. They are a lot of Christians when they are going through tribulation. It's like they're embarrassed. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to tell their preacher friends. Because they're afraid people are going to think bad of them. Don't be ashamed of your hope. If you're going through difficulties as a Christian here, hey, don't be ashamed to tell us, you know, you know, let us encourage you. Let us get you through that. You don't have anything to be ashamed of. You're not suffering because you're a bad Christian. You're probably suffering because you're a good Christian. Look what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 17, or verse 7, I'm sorry. It says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Okay, the testimony of our Lord. All right, what was what was what is his testimony? What was his testimony? Well, Jesus, he suffered quite a bit on earth, didn't he? He ended up being taken to the cross. He ended up being killed. 
And he said, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. This is the testimony of those who are truly serving God. They usually suffer affliction. And he said, you know, don't be ashamed of that. Okay, verse 9, who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which case I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Paul was not ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. Paul was suffering. Paul was, I mean, he, you know, you know how humiliating it would be to preach a message and to be taken out and to be whipped in public or to be beaten with rods or stoned. Do you know how humiliating that would be? You know, the most world and even most Christians today, when a preacher gets up and he preaches the truth and he gets persecuted from the world, other Christians, because they're scared, because they're terrified of being associated with that, what do they, they cast stones at those people too. They start talking about, oh, there must be something wrong, you know, there, there, there's something wrong with these people. And it's like, no, actually, you know, the world doesn't like the truth. And Paul, he is, he's, he's suffering. And most people would look at that and they would be ashamed, they'd be ashamed if that was them in their situation. And yet we see, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of this. Why? He was preaching the truth. What he was doing was right. This was God's will for him. It wasn't any, it wasn't any fun for him, but it was God's will. And we see, look at verse 16, jump down to verse 16. It says, the Lord give me mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. Y'all see that? Here was a man that most people wanted to distance themselves from Paul because, you know, look at, look at the treatment he's getting. I don't want that. I don't want to be treated that way. And so they didn't want to be seen going to the prison, helping Paul out. They didn't want to be identified with him because they didn't want to put a target on their back. But you know what? Paul, he was refreshed. He was encouraged by this man who was not ashamed of Paul's chain. And you know what? It's sad and it is embarrassing the way Christians today react many times when other Christians are being persecuted. They're, they are embarrassed by them. Why are they embarrassed? Because they are afraid of suffering persecution. And let me tell you, this world, it's getting, it's getting more and more bold in, uh, about going after churches, about going after Christians, and Christians are cowering more and more and trying to keep their mouth shut and do whatever they can to distance themselves from people. You know, they're not willing to speak the truth. They're, I mean, they're going into hiding and just, you know... They're, you know, it's like they're cutting things out of the Bible. There are just certain things they're not going to bring up because these things are too hot button. And then you've got other people that are out there preaching the truth and they're suffering for it. And they, they won't, there's no way they're going to stand, make a public stand in favor of those people. Why? Because they are ashamed of their change. And these same people, they go around wearing an openly Christian t-shirt because nobody's going to persecute you for that. But if you take a stand on what the Bible teaches on morality, you know, you start, te- you know, preaching the truth against, you know, the, uh, you know, LGBT and all that stuff. Uh, we're not going to, we're not going to go there. Why? Because you get persecuted for that stuff these days. You start talking about how wicked our government is and how bad our leaders are. Uh, you know, 
We don't want to say anything about that. They might take away our tax exempt status or something. You know, they're just they're scared, running scared, and they get embarrassed. They're ashamed when other Christians are suffering. You know what? We shouldn't be that way. I am. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of those who are suffering for the cause of Christ. I don't mind identifying myself with those people. I don't mind publicly being for those people. And honestly, you know, I look back in the past, you know, I think I've missed some opportunities to stick up for some of these people that have suffered. You know, and it's sad the way Christians do that. They just, they go on a high. I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of suffering. If you're suffering as a Christian, don't be ashamed. We've been called to suffering. The Bible told us it was going to happen. We should be embarrassed at the fact that the world loves us so much sometimes. It's amazing how these trendy churches, they are loved by the world. I mean, these trendies, nobody's going to protest them. Why? All they do is feel good stuff. I mean, they're not going to preach hard against anybody's sin. They're not going to bring up certain things in the Bible. And if they are forced to read a certain scripture from the Bible, they'll say, well, that's Old Testament. That doesn't apply anymore. You know, yeah, nobody's going to hate you. Nobody's going to persecute you. You're with the world. You're just like them. And I, you know, I, I've had enough of that. I'm not, I'm not having any part of that. But other Christians, they often try to use Paul's sufferings as proof he wasn't right with God. And kind of like Job's friends. Remember, remember Job's friends? They came along. They're trying to figure out what did you do wrong, Job? You're suffering like this because there's obviously some sin in your life. And whenever Christians are going through difficulties, whenever preachers are going through hard times, and I've known some preachers that have been going through difficulties. You know who? You know they've. Made, you know I know some preachers who've lost their wives. Their wives died, and there's always this real spiritual person that comes along and like, well, you know, what did you do wrong? You know, you must not be right with God. You know, what Bible are these people reading? Uh, where do these people come from? Some preacher goes through some kind of difficulty, has some kind of tragedy, and they are. They're all trying to figure out what he did wrong. Well, it must be, you know, you preached wrong on this. You did this wrong. You know, maybe it's just the fact that they're a human being living in a sin-cursed world. Or maybe God is allowing them to go through this, kind of like He did Job, because He's trying to make them stronger. He wants to, them to be a testimony and be an example to other people. You know, we don't know. And to go around shaming people because they're going through tribulation, I mean, that is wicked. And don't you ever do that. Don't you ever, don't you ever get caught up in that. That is, that is wicked. That is sorry. You support people. When they're going through tribulations, you know, you pray for those people. You stand with those people. Refresh them like they did Paul. We should never be ashamed of those things. Many Christians do. They they often make the mistake of looking at someone's success as proof that they are right with God. My wife just preached me a sermon yesterday from what was that passage in Titus? Second Timothy, where you know Paul was talking about those who think that gain is godliness. But the Bible says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. And I don't remember how it said it exactly. She was preaching to me and I was driving or something and uh, I didn't get the passage, but it talked about, the Bible says, withdraw yourself from those people. Stay away from those people. Stay away from these prosperity people. Look, and y'all, and they drive around their fancy cars. They got their big fancy buildings. They got their big numbers. And they use that as proof that they're right with God. And they'll look at that person out there that's suffering and say, that's proof they're not right. Those people are so far from the truth and so far from God, it's not even funny. They're so far away, God didn't say try to win them over. He said, withdraw yourself from them. That, that is a wicked, wicked 
attitude, and it is so far from the Bible, it's not even funny. We should never, ever be ashamed of persecution. 1 Peter 4.16 says, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them which obey not the gospel of God? Don't be ashamed. If you're suffering as an evildoer, you should be ashamed of that. But if you're just suffering as a Christian, don't be ashamed of that. Why? It says judgment must be in the house of God. Sometimes God allows persecution and tribulation to come our way to purify us. I believe that's what the time of Jacob's trouble is. God is shaking us up. He's getting us ready. He's purifying Himself of people. And we should not be ashamed of that. I'll tell you right now, you know, it's easy to say these things right now when we live in America. But, you know, you, know, you can take this for what it's worth. But I'm telling you right now, the thought, you know, when I read stuff from Revelation, you know, talk, read about those that are beheaded. I'm telling you right now, I couldn't think of a prouder moment of getting executed for the cause of Christ. Amen. I'm not, I wouldn't be embarrassed by that. The world, I, I know what it would be like. It would be the same way it was throughout history when this would happen. People would laugh at them. People would mock them. Some people would plead with them, you know, just recant. Just renounce Christ. This is foolish. You know, this is a waste. You're throwing your life away for nothing. But you know what? Just like the people of old did, they went, they died knowing that they were in the will of God and they were not ashamed. And you know what? I, I wouldn't be ashamed of that one bit. If I die for the cause of Christ, there is nothing to be ashamed of. We're all going to die one way or the other. And you know what? To go out like that, I mean, what a way to go. How glorious that would be. We should not fear that. And, and, but the, it, when those days come, there will be supposed Christians telling you you're throwing your life away. This is a waste. This isn't what you think it is. This isn't the tribulation. This isn't the mark of the beast. We're still here. You know, big name, the big names will all be saying that. They will. The majority of Christians will tell you you're, you're wasting your life. You're throwing your life away. They will try to shame you. And the Bible says, don't, don't be ashamed of those things. Don't be ashamed for suffering as a Christian. You know, be embarrassed. Be ashamed when the world loves you. When, when you're, you get along that good with the world. But we see that Jesus... He was hated. He was, you know, he was, he was persecuted. John 7, verse 7 says, The world cannot hate you, but me it hated, because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. You know, see, the, you know, the reason they, the world hates us is because they hate Jesus. We see it says in John 15, verse 18, If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own, but because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, wherefore the world hateth you. Okay? I don't know what people do with that scriptures, but it's like they want to just tear that out of the Bible. And, but that's what Jesus said was going to happen. That is part of being a Christian, and we shouldn't be ashamed of that. We should be willing to stand with those who are persecuted for right. Like, on Astaphorus, I don't know how to say that name. He wasn't ashamed of Paul's chain. When we see those going for persecution, we ought to be quick to stick up for them, to stand with them, and even take some of the grief with them. That, that is what that means when he said, he was not ashamed of my chain. The key, and so, uh, look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. 
So the key to not being ashamed of these things, all right? If you're not going to be ashamed, the key to this, okay? It's not, you know, your ability to control your emotions, all right? You know, it's sometimes we just, you know, there's some things we just can't really help. And if, if you know, you're being persecuted, if you are, you know, you know being, if, I mean, if it's physically persecuted especially, you know, there's going to be some negative emotions that come your way and you've got to have a place to anchor yourself. You've got to have a place where you can find confidence. And the key to not being ashamed in any of these things, we see in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker of whom is Hymenius and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. These guys were saying the rapture already happened. They were overthrowing the faith of people. They made themselves look stupid. Why? Because they, they were in error. They didn't know the Scriptures. They had not studied the Scriptures. They had got caught up in just babblings, just vain babbling. Some of the preaching that you hear these days, I mean, it's just incoherent. These guys, they just get up there and they just, they ramble and like, what did I just hear? You know, they hardly use any scripture. They're all over the place. They contradict themselves. I mean, it's just a mess. And you know what? These people are going to be the ones that end up being ashamed one of these days. But when you know what the Bible says, when you know what the scripture says, when you know how to rightly divide the word of truth, when you know how to do that, Whenever these things come your way, you can go to the scriptures and say, you know what? I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm confident I'm doing the right thing. When the Pope comes along, when the Pope comes along in his regal attire and with all his pomp and circumstance and with all his followers and people surrounding him trying to touch the hem of his garment, just looking for a blessing from him, when he comes along and tells and he's tell, if he tells me, you have to be good to go to heaven. Oh, who am I to stand against this great man? Look at all his followers. Look at his majesty, his greatness. Look at all who listen to him. Hardly anybody's listening to me. Surely he must be right. But you know what? That's not a problem. Because you know what? I know what the Bible says. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith. Now, not of yourselves, as a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I can go to the Scriptures and know that what is coming from Him is not true. And even though there's a multitude agreeing with Him, I also know the verse in the Bible says, Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. I know those verses. I know I see the consistency of the Scriptures throughout the Bible about salvation, how it's always been a faith. And I, I see those things. I see how it's all about what Jesus Christ did, not about us. That we can't be good enough to get to heaven. You know, that we can't keep the Ten Commandments. We can't keep the law. And the only way we can get saved is by ceasing from our labors and just putting our faith and trust in Him. And I could care less. I, I, will pre, I would be willing to preach the Gospel 
to anybody, to any size crowd. I would welcome the opportunity. You know, the things we preach, I want to get them out there. You know, I put my, I put my sermons on Sermon.net where people can listen to them. There's an app. They can go on iTunes. They can get these. You know, I, I put them on YouTube. I want to get it out there. The more I can spread the Word, the more... I, I'm, I don't mind spreading what I preach. Do I mess some things up sometimes? Yeah. Do I take some things out of context? Yeah. Sometimes I mess up. Sometimes I make mistakes. But at the same time, if, if anything... I use a lot of scripture in my messages, and at least I can get that out there. And you know, and I, as long as I never get too big where I can't correct myself, you know, I'll be fine. The Lord will be able to use me, and get and and I do. I want to do that. Why? I'm that. I'm that confident in this Bible. I'm that confident in this book. I'm not ashamed. And many people, one of these days, they're going to be ashamed at one how they try to get saved because they're not. It's not going to work. Many are going to be ashamed in how they, you know, presented the teachings of the Bible. They're going to be ashamed about all the things that they did not teach and preach because they were just, they were embarrassed. They were ashamed of the Bible. But when you know what the Bible says, you can get up and you can preach unpopular things and not care. I'm not ashamed of it. I know it's right. And so I don't, so there, there is nobody that I am afraid to face what the Bible says. Now, there's some things in the Bible I'm not super confident on, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be feel like doing a public debate on certain things. But when it comes to things like salvation, I'm in. Wherever I can go, wherever I can get the plan of salvation, I'm in. I'm all over it. And there are many other areas in the Bible. I mean, you know, other subjects I've studied. I mean, I don't care who it is. I would I'd love to talk with them. I'd love to. Uh, you know, try to win people over. I, I, you know, I have, I try to have the attitude. I can win anybody over. Even the people I know it's probably impossible to win over. You know, I'm still going to try. Why? Because I know this Bible's true. I know what I'm teaching is true. I've studied it. I'm not ashamed of it. And I'm going to, I'm going to try to get it out as much as I can. That's my goal. And so Jesus, one thing that we see in the Bible, we're not supposed to be ashamed of all these things, but we see also in the Bible that Jesus He's not ashamed of me. So look, turn over to Hebrews chapter 2. Sometimes the world mocks Christ. They'll mock Christianity, not because of Jesus, but because of his followers. See, we're not always the best examples. But the Bible says he is not ashamed of us because he knows what he did, the work he did for us on Calvary was good enough. He understands that we are complete in Him. Hebrews 2.9 says, But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that He, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became Him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both He that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Do y'all see that? Jesus isn't ashamed to call us brethren. How can that be? Is it because we're such good Christians? Is it because we're such good examples? Hebrews 11 verse 13 says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is in heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. 
God is not to be ashamed to be called their God. What people? Those who are of faith. Those who have put their faith and trust in Christ, God is not ashamed of them. Why is that? I know some Christians that he should be ashamed of. All right? And if I was honest, I would need to include myself in there many times. All right? But if I can talk like a Pharisee, I know some people that God should be ashamed of. There are some people out there, I wish they'd keep it quiet that they were Christians. Because they're pretty bad examples. But why can God say that? Okay? You know, I, just, I can just look at you tell you, you all don't deserve to go to heaven. You shouldn't be allowed in there. But yet, God is not ashamed of you. Why? Because it's not your salvation wasn't about your works. Your salvation is not about where you are at right now. Your salvation is about the completed payment that Jesus made on the cross. It was enough. He did enough to get you into heaven. And the fact that He is not ashamed of us and has nothing to do with us it has everything to do with Him. And, we, and thank God for that. He is, he is not ashamed of us. And all glory to God for that. I'm not going to go around beating my chest saying God's not ashamed of me. Because I'm, I don't want to give off the impression that I think that that's because of me. That's not because of me. It's because of Jesus Christ. God is not ashamed of me because of what Jesus did for me. His blood cleansed me from my sin. And He's not ashamed of me. And so I hope tonight that you can say, I'm not ashamed of these things. I'm not ashamed of the Gospel. I'm not ashamed of persecution. I'm not ashamed of these things. And thank God He's not ashamed of me. My salvation, it's all about the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so with that, let's all stand together. I am not ashamed. That's what